0: Welcome to What Happens in This House, Stays in This House, Strength Over Silence podcast. I'm your host, Tammy montgomery Dozier. Thank you once again for listening. So this week, uh, if you're listening, I don't know if you are in the state of Illinois, but this past week we had a killing of this young man, 13 years old, Adam Toledo. Uh, He was a Latin young man out in the street, 2.30 in the morning and was shot and killed by police. So the question then becomes, why is this young man out at 2.30 in the morning, unsupervised, and he had been out for several days, and um, they said that his mother had not reported him missing because this had been one of his habits, something that he's always done. So I think my question is, Are we failing our kids? Is this a community thing that we all can help with? I believe that the mother was having a hard time with him. But are we failing our kids? Do you think that if we got back to the uh, mentorship programs and the different things that we used to have, that that would help our youth of today? Because something has got to give. Because a lot of these kids, and I get This particular thing might be a little bit different because he did have a gun. Uh, They said that they were out, him and another young man, 21 years old, they were out there shooting at cars. And so the police got a call about shots fired. And that is why they responded to the neighborhood. So when the young man was running, then the question becomes when he was running and the police told him to put his hands up whether or not he had a gun. Some people are saying that he has hands up. You don't see the gun. He had tossed it. But I believe all this happened within a millisecond. So within seconds of the second is um, what they're trying to say. So by that time. The police and we can say all these things, we can always say what should have happened afterwards, because we're not in the street on a daily basis, fighting for our lives and not knowing how we will react to a certain situation. And if that was you, what would you have done? It's so easy to say shoot them in the arm or leg, but then you're running and they're running and your arms are moving and their arms are moving. Who's to say that you might you know, end up shooting somebody that's shooting somebody that you shouldn't be shooting. So it's so easy for everybody to criticize and say what should have happened as long as we're not there. Because it's easy to say could have, would have, should have what we would do if we was in that situation afterwards, but we have no clue. When tragedy strikes us, oh no, regular basis. It's so hard to understand how we will react. Even with families and you bury family members with everything that's going on now, people tend to act differently. Family acts differently when you're about to bury someone or a family crisis and things happen. So people can always say what they are, would, could have, would have, should have done in that same type of situations. I know people are saying defund the police because there are a lot of bad ones out there. Don't get me wrong. I do believe that you should get rid of the problem instead of just defunding the whole thing. I think you should get rid of the officers that are the problem versus getting rid of everything. You know, I'm not sure if you're aware with this new law that they have just passed that is going to be going into effect in a couple of more years. That if you find somebody on your porch And they're trespassing. The police will no longer be able to remove them because of use of force. They would just be able to give them a ticket. So I'm not sure if many of you are aware. So when you're talking about, well, get rid of the police, then that also stands on your private property where you will no longer be able to have them to protect you. You can have somebody loitering all over your property and the police can't do anything about it, but give them a ticket. They cannot remove them. So we are headed into some new territory, some new things. And I don't know if people are actually aware of what's about to happen, but getting back to youth and violence. Do you think that if we had a more active involvement in the community and more mentorship problems, that maybe this young man could have been helped and maybe, you know, if his mother had some help uh, with mentorship, then this maybe not, you know, would not have happened. He wouldn't have been out there shooting or doing whatever at 2.30 in the morning. What can we do to make things better? Now, as far as the other stuff, uh, I'm sure you all heard about the Dante Wright situation. That's a whole different story. Young man being pulled over, getting killed for a simple traffic stop. That has nothing to do with a mentorship program. Young man walking down the street and a drill sergeant attacks him for just minding his own business. That has nothing to do with mentorship. I'm talking about the ones that are out there. Their parents are having a hard time because in this day and age, it is very hard. Uh, when you watch TV and everything, and everything violent is sensationalized. Having money is sensationalized by any getting it by any means necessary. What can we do as a community? Is there something that we can do? You know, they said in 2007, there were what, 5,700 young kids between the ages of 10 and 25 were murdered on an average of 16 a day. 84% were killed with firearms. Is there something we can do? Remember back in the day, we used to have and captains and all those things. And we used to have those uh, black club parties mm-hmm. and get together. Those were a beautiful time. in neighborhoods for neighborhoods. Now it seems like we're just at that me and my stage. It's about my family and my family having this. We no longer look to community like we used to. Is that part of the problem? Have we stopped thinking about other people and only think about ourselves? Listen, I'm not preaching to anybody because I, I don't have a leg to stand on. What I'm saying is, it, what is it something that I can do better or as a community that we can do better? Oftentimes, when you look at there's something wrong, there's something that you can do. So me saying this, meaning that I that there's an issue that maybe there's something that I need to get out there and do something. So I'm not putting a burden on you, but I'm just asking collectively, what can we do? So I'm going to play this video and I want you all to listen to it. And it is about youth and men- mentorship and what some of these people got together and what they did for their children.
1: Some kids don't have their dad or their moms there that can help them. As a mom, I was feeling
2: um, very vulnerable and scared. Growing up with my mom,
3: single mom, so she always had to like work. It was just not a lot of like family time. These young kids, I mean, there's so much in the streets right now that if they don't have positive role models or someone to tell them right from wrong, it's so easy for them to go down the wrong road. a place for my children to live, but it wasn't that great of a place. You know, we had a roof over our head, food in our stomach and everything like that, the basics, but it was scary for them to go outside. My oldest son, Aloy, was very angry. I was in a very abusive relationship with their dad, and he was unfortunate enough to be the oldest one to see what was going on, so he had a lot of anger. You know, the things that they
1: seen at home, like the domestic violence and stuff. My second son, he he was bad. He ended up, you know, being in the system and everything for his behavior problem.
2: My mom and my dad got divorced when I was young, and I didn't understand. I didn't understand what divorce was, but I just understood that my dad wasn't coming home anymore.
1: I ended up. I got real sick in 2012. I lost my sight. I couldn't take care of myself. Could barely move, walk, talk, do anything. It was my oldest son's senior year, so you know I really didn't get to do nothing. To do, none of that.
3: He had a problem with fighting in school, so that's what prompted um, one of the teachers to try to get him involved with a mentor. Um, Jennifer came into my life, and
2: it makes me, like, kind of emotional right now. She just, like, rescued me.
1: The impact that, that you'll make on just that one person with with that investment of time is something that can't be measured, can't be measured financially. That impact is something that's going to stay with that mentee for the rest of their life. I learned to believe in myself through him.
3: He gave me that courage. I had someone who supported me. Keith was the light switch for a lawyer. Um He played a huge part in his life. You know, I couldn't do things for my children.
1: The mentors was there for them and it's still there for
2: him. She's grown into like my best friend and then she became like my family.
1: It's a big difference. My oldest son, he on honor roll. Cedric, he graduated on
3: time. My youngest son's on his his last year of high school. He's made the dean's list. You know, he's looking forward to going to college and playing football. He has all these dreams that he, I just don't think he would have ever thought he could even accomplish if it had not had a band for Save Our Youth.
2: You're just bringing joy into someone's life, you know. So why wouldn't you want to be a mentor? <laughs> it's great. There's a lot of kids out there that, could benefit from your help.
1: Every child needs someone to help them. That need is tremendous.
3: I was scared of heights and she got me to try new things. And I'm a witness with my sons. They don't know how much of an impact they can actually make in someone's life. It boosted me out of like, you know, my shell. I was like, oh
2: my gosh.
1: <laughs> Changed my life from being the kid that didn't want to school to now going to college.
2: I think everybody should be a mentor.
0: Thank you all for listening. One of the last things that I want to say is that we must address these shootings. We must address, we have to do something because this world is just seeming crazy. It's getting crazier by the day. You know, you worry about now with the looting and the rioting, you know, the verdict of George Floyd will be this week. You worry about that. When we go back, will justice be served? What will happen? What can we do? Or is there anything that we can do? Or do we just deal with it or constantly see this happening all the time? I don't have the answers right now, but maybe collectively we can come up with something and try to help. Because if you have children in this world, you want this world to be a better place for you and your kids. I can't imagine being a parent in this day and age and having to worry about so many different things on so many different levels and so many different influences. Growing up the only influences I had was the neighborhood and my family. Now you have to worry about your kids being influenced on from TV, social media, and then their friends and kids and kids have a lot more knowledge. To listen when I was growing up it was nothing but about baby dolls or whatever. I was a really little slow kid so <laughs> I was very sheltered. So I, a lot of times I have friends that knew more than I did. So I was very sheltered um coming up. So these kids have access to a lot more things. They can get on there and all these sex traffickers out there looking at kids and doing different things. I was a part of a uh justice program, um, uh, where little kids, you know, were being um Sex traffic in Chicago, here in Illinois, is one of the biggest places where kids get sex traffic and all those different things. That's a whole nother podcast. I was also an advocate uh, where I would go into the hospitals when ladies would get violated and speak with them. A whole nother podcast dealing with that type of thing. So first thing first, with our youth, what can we do to change things? So. Again, I want to thank you for listening to What Happens in This House, Stays in This House Strength Over Silence podcast. I have been your host, Tammy Montgomery-Dosier. My website is www.connectedbyloveconsulting.net. If you want to purchase my products, you can do so on Amazon. It is Tammy Montgomery-Dosier. I have two books, Addicted to Pain and From Fast to Freedom, False Allegiance to Destructive Stuff. If you're looking for something that talks about mental health and it talks both books talk about my struggles and things I've gone through in life. So I don't try to hold anything back. I want to be forward and transparent about my life's journey. So again, thank you for listening and create a great week.